0: Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. Repeat after me. Today, Today, louder. Today, today, the Holy Spirit Spirit is going to speak to me me about stretching stretching in in God's word. After today. I will know and fully understand that God is going to move my markers as it relates to his word. I've been reading the Bible, but after today, I'm going to read more. I have an understanding, but after today, I'm going to understand more. I read a few chapters, but after today... I'm going to read a few more. Because in God stretching me, me, in his word, word, I'll have more word word to stand on. on. Let's Let's go. It's good. Luke chapter number eight, starting at the 40th verse. If you're taking notes, the title of this message is Stretch Word. Stretch Word. Luke chapter number eight, starting at the 40th verse, here's what it says. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by crowds. A woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, James and John and the little girl's father and mother. The, the house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. Because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. Stretch word. Bow your heads. Let's pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to stretch in your word. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow is my 23rd spiritual birthday. January 14th of 1996, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And my life has not been the same ever since. Five weeks later, February... 25th of 1996, I preached my first sermon and I've been preaching ever since. So I want you to imagine going through the Bible front and back over and over again for the last 23 years. How amazing it is to me that I can still open it. And it opens me. And as I still continue to read it, it is literally reading me. And that just when you think you've heard it all, seen it all, done it all and preached it all. You go to a familiar passage like Jairus's daughter and the woman with the issue of blood. And he starts saying new things to you. That's just amazing that his word has that many folds in it. His word has that many gems in it, that many nuggets in it, that the more you go back to it, the more it brings to you. This narrative, if you've been in church for any length of time, is not unfamiliar to you. But I want you to see it in a different perspective as it relates to stretching In God's word, the narrative as it exists is Jesus being placed in the middle of a crowd after coming off of a boat and two different individuals, both with unique things that they need from Jesus, having to come to him to get their needs met. Think about this. Jesus is placed in the middle of a crowd And all of these people throng around him, but only two people engaged with him. Think about Jesus being dropped in the middle of humanity. And everyone has an opportunity to be around him, but very few people want to engage with him. Imagine Jesus being dropped in Texas. A Bible Belt. And a lot of people wanting to be around him, but only few people that want to engage with him. What I'm submitting to you, ladies and gentlemen, is that, is that we have a, a religious epidemic in our country. Where I'm familiar with Jesus and I'm around him, but I don't need anything from him. I don't need to actually engage with him. I mean, he's right there. If I need something, I'll ask. Oh, so you think you only need to talk to him when you need something. That turns the relationship inside out. Do, do, do you want a relationship with Jesus or, or, or do, do you just want a physician? I don't know too many people that are friends with their physicians. I don't know too many people that hang out with their general practitioners. Going to lunch at two with who? My family doctor. They're great. I went there one time for a checkup when I had this nasty cold. I just hit it off really well with them. It's not a relationship. That's something and someone that you engage with when you simply need something. There's a thought and a phrase that has been uh, 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 rehearsed in the church for decades and that is that the church is a hospital no it's not and you don't want it to be sure there are people that have brokenness that, that, that come in here and they're made well but, but to imply the church is, an, is a hospital means to, m- means to say that people are perpetually sick Cause I don't know any well people that want to hang out in a hospital. Like I don't know anybody that's starting a small group at Baylor. I was sick one time, but their cafeteria food is great. We're going to go in there and our small group, Embassy City Place is going to be at Baylor Medical from seven to nine in the evening. Listen, I, I, I'm glad that Jesus is, can be a great physician but 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 I like him more as Savior and Lord, and I want a relationship with him. That when it's going good, I can talk to him. When it's going bad, I can talk to him. When nothing's going on at all, I can just talk to him. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he. It's the eleven o'clock service. I should have did this at the nine. They would have known it. You're like, I don't... Hillsong doesn't sing that song. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm not mad at you. You were just born in a different era. It's all good. I want somebody I can walk with and talk with whether I have success or distress. Not pinning him into something that I just need to go to him all the time if I need something desperately. Jesus places himself... Uh, in in the middle of a crowd, and and only two people decide to engage with him. It's amazing to me. One is Jairus. Jairus, who is a leader of one of the synagogues and whose alliances are more uh, uh, expressly uh, connected to the religious leaders of the day, the scribes and the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Uh, uh, He's responsible for opening up the synagogue and and, and conducting the organized events. Uh, But he, he finds his daughter... Uh, who is dying in such a dire situation that he decides to break rank and go talk to Jesus. He stretches out of his religious comfort zone and says, "Uh, I have to go engage this guy because I need some help. He runs to Jesus and he says, Jesus, would you please come to my house? My daughter is sick. And I love Jesus' response. Yes, I will come to your house. But the way he decides to go to the house is baffling. It is absolutely baffling to me. If somebody were to run uh, uh, through one of these doors uh, from our uh, pre-K or or, or elementary and and start screaming, one of the kids is dying. We would all drop what we are doing right now, including me, and we would run to make sure that this child would be okay. Here, Here is Jesus's response Uh, to Jairus going, my daughter is dying. Would you please come? He's like, yes. (laughs) It would be the equivalent of somebody breaking through these doors and saying, there's a kid in here and they're dying. And I'm like, I haven't got to my points yet. But as soon as I'm done, I'll join you. Jesus' response does not match the request. Come on, Jesus. I can imagine Jairus, after securing Jesus's yes, starts running and turns around and realizes, why are you way back there? <laughs> Come on, Jesus. You can do it this way, Jesus. You said you were coming. I had my number pulled first. Come on, Jesus. Here's Jesus. Anybody ever been frustrated with his pace? Anybody ever asked Jesus for something? And and, and 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 you thought he was gonna respond like that? And and you're like, did you even hear me? Sir? I went into the war room. I did every I followed all the steps of the movie, and you have not. I put up the scriptures and I closed the door behind me, and I even rocked like the woman rocked, and then you still didn't. Why Why are you so slow? He's walking. He's coming. It's just his pace is just inconvenient. It's frustrating. People are mad. And he has all these people around him and nobody else. Jesus is here. They're just like, "Mm, there he is. That's him right there. I'm close to him. I'm I'm, I'm actually up against him. I'm, I'm pressing up against Jesus. I'm pressing into Jesus. He's he's right here. Are you going to engage him? I I don't need to stretch that far. I don't need anything. So he starts walking towards Jairus' house. While he's walking towards Jairus' house, there is a woman who Scripture says in King James has had an issue of blood for 12 years. Now, now I want you to imagine this. Well, well, actually, men, I want you to imagine this. I I, I want you to imagine uh, having a deep laceration on your thigh uh, that starts to bleed. You get some bandages and you wrap up uh, the spot that's been bleeding. uh, And for that whole day, it never stops bleeding. You have to redress the wound and get new uh, 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 gauze uh, and and, and new things to, to, to treat the wound. And on day two, it bleeds as much as it did when you first got cut. On day three, it's the same. Day five, day 10, one month. Can you imagine just 30 days how uncomfortable and inconvenient, this would make the rhythm of your life. Wherever I decide to go, I'm on a time limit because I gonna have to get back home to redress these wounds. This woman in her cultural context have it, had it even worse because she bled not for months, not for a year, not for two years, five years, eight years, a decade, 11 years, 12 years. You've Google searched everything you could. You've gone to every doctor you could, tried tried every medication you could, tried every ointment you could. It did not stop the issues. Not only did it not stop the issue, but it cut you off from community. Jewish cultural context, this woman. Is considered ceremonially unclean, so she cannot participate in church activities. Could you imagine having an issue that would hinder you from coming to church? Not for a week. Not for a month. For over a decade. She's robbed from community because she hasn't gotten over this issue she's been dealing with. In the same way Jairus has to stretch past the markers of his religion, she now has to take a risk. I'm going to step out into community, even though I don't have permission to, breaking the law. But I heard Jesus here and I know he's in that crowd. And I know everybody has an opportunity to engage him, but it looks like not, not, everybody doesn't want to engage with him. I'm going to stretch past the limitations that have been set for me, and I'm going to touch that guy's garment. Yes, the tassels that come off of his shawl, I'm going to touch them, because I just believe, I just believe if I touch his garment, I'll be healed. Yeah, right. And that woman moved out of the position she was in came through the crowd. You have to understand, if you've been bleeding for 12 years, you don't have a pep in your step. So maybe Jesus' pace was not about frustrating Jairus, but was about ensuring that the woman who had been bleeding and in a weakened state could catch up to him on his way to her. I'm She comes through the crowd and she touched his garment. And scripture says she knew immediately, because if you've been bleeding for 12 years, you would know when it stopped. We don't need to go to go to the doctor for verification. No, sir. I've been with my body for the last 12 years. I can feel this. It stopped. It stopped. And, And here's the thing. It stopped immediately. Immediately it stopped. And 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 Jesus was walking and, and then he turned around and he said, Who touched me? He stopped. Could you imagine how Jairus feels right now? What you stopping for, man? I called you first. He said, Who touched me? And he wouldn't let it go. He didn't ask him. Mm-hmm. He said, who touched me? And the woman finally presents herself and it was like, it was me. I did. And he's like, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This is how casual it is for God to put a word on something and to stop your issue. I'm going to get to that later. He He stops. And in the time that he stops, Jairus gets an updated word from somebody from his house. Hey, hey, I got an updated word on your dying daughter. She's no longer dying. She's dead. So don't don't bother the rabbi now. Uh, Clearly, he 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 thought this woman was more important than your problem. That's why he stopped for this one and turned his back on that one and. Jesus overheard it and said, don't be afraid. I'm still coming to your house. Don't don't let your faith drop that quick. I I know I'm not on your timetable, but don't let your faith drop that quick. Just because I didn't answer you the first, second, third time you called. Please don't let your faith drop that quick. I'm coming. I'm coming over there. I'm coming over there. I promise you I'm coming over there. And he moves from one crowd to another. He moves from the crowd that is all the way around him, that, 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 that refused to engage him, to the crowd that is wailing and weeping over a dead 12-year-old girl. Can you imagine showing up to this scene? Ah! I don't know why her name is Meredith, but it just seems like a name from an older generation, so you can't go all the way back to the Bible and try to pull them names. Meredith is dead. <laughs> why, Lord? Why? Weeping and wailing, weeping and wailing. Read the Bible, it's weeping and wailing. Weeping would just be like <laughs> wailing is. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up in the middle of this situation. This is the kind of crowd he's dealing with. Ah, ah. Here's what he says. Peter, James, John, y'all come with me. Mommy and daddy, you can come too. Now, can I just pause and say, how how do these other disciples feel? Like, what did you do? Like, every single time Jesus wants to, like, kind of, like, do something, like, real significant, he's like, peter james and john the rest of y'all can't come with me <laughs> thomas you gonna doubt me anyway judas you're probably gonna steal the furniture i can't even dip like, i don't know why he just he just roll called <laughs> you, you know matthew you gonna wonder if they paid the taxes i don't know he just <laughs> it's always peter James. I would feel some kind of way if i was another disciple be, i'm good enough to go in there with you sir He says, Peter, James, John, y'all come with me. Mommy and daddy, you can come with me. And he kicks everybody else out. Ah, ah, ah. Get out of here. It seems mean. It seems callous. It seems a little cruel cruel for for, for him to just push everybody out like that. But but these people were crazy. And I'm going to prove to you they were crazy. Because they are weeping and wailing until he makes one statement. Don't worry about it. This woman, this little girl is not dead. She's just asleep. Do you know what happened as soon as he said that statement? They started laughing. Let's imagine. Ooh, ah, why, Lord, why Lord? Why, Lord? Why don't worry about this? She's not dead. She's just asleep. <laughs> Y'all crazy. If you can go from crying to laughing off one statement, you was faking in the first place and God said move all the fakers out of your life that are going to interrupt the word that I want you to stretch for because you don't need anybody that's doubting what I want to do that's what it seems like to me right there it's right there ain't that good so so um he goes in and he 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 grabs the little girl's hand. She's dead, y'all. I don't know if you know when you're dead, you can't hear nothing. I know that's a revelation to some of y'all. Some of y'all are like, when you're dead, <laughs> you can't hear anything. <laughs> this girl was dead life had expired there is no breath in her body and he grabs her dead hand and says little girl get up and she woke up and popped up in that bed and here's what Jesus said <laughs> cuz this is just a good good guy get her something to eat Listen, does anybody ever wake up hungry? <laughs> Breakfast is the most important meal in my whole house. I, I can go the rest of the day on a fast, but I'm going to have eggs. Okay. In the, this, woman, this girl was dead. He said, little girl, get up. And she got up. And he said, feed her. And they fed her. And, and scene. Here, here's what I want you to see. Two different people had to engage the word two different ways. One person was dealing with some issues. The other person was dealing with death. But they both needed the same thing. God's word. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It doesn't matter what situation you are going through. You need God's word for the situation. There's three points I want you to write down. Please write these down. Point number one, God's word will change your focus. God's word will change your focus. I want you to imagine, in order for Jairus to engage Jesus, he had to take his mind off of his daughter for a moment and think about the requests and the interaction he wanted to have with Jesus. Upon hearing that Jesus would come, faith is built up. Listen, the engagement that you have with God's word will make whatever situation you're dealing with start to shrink and your faith in God start to grow. It will literally shift your focus off of what you're dealing with to who can deal with it. The woman with the issue of blood had to do the same thing. She had to take her focus off of her issue for a moment and make up in her mind, I have faith enough to believe that I can, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made home. And She gets to where Jesus is because her focus changed. Not reiterate this enough, that if you want to see your relationship with God grow, stand on his word and put more of the focus on his word than you do your issues. Yes. Now, I need this to, 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 to resonate with everybody. I don't want you to think uh, that, that this is a message only for people that are that, that are that are going through a bad season. You could be going through a great season. You still need God's word. If you treat him like a general practitioner, that means you'll only go to him when you think there's a problem. But you should be able to focus on God's word in a season of success when you're on the mountaintop or on the season of or in a season of de-stress when you're in the valley. You need a word from God for both extremes. I need God's word on the mountaintop so I can stay humble. Right. Because a lot of times when, when success happens, we get a little brand new. I got it all together. You start thinking for a moment, I, I am I am good at this. Look at that bank account. I'm doing well. Two promotions in less than a year. I am doing well. It is all about me. Nobody helped me. I got here by my... Uh-oh. Humble yourself before the mighty hand. You know God? I think I'm going to humble myself. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, 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 th- this is an incredible admonishment that you can find all through Scripture where, where God says humble yourself he would not tell you to do it if you couldn't recognize you weren't I've heard people say you know just pray that God humbles me in this area I'm like no 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 you don't mm -mm, you don't want that I don't want God to humble me in no area I just want a duck right I just let me just lay down on the floor and eat this carpet And remind myself to get low, okay, before before any type of situation has to come into my life to to do it for me and I'm embarrassed. On the low side, you need need God's word to anchor you so, so that you do not allow the negative narrative to overwhelm God's word. So you change your focus. Point number two, please write this down. God's word will stop your issue. (laughs) This is so good. Listen, God's word will stop your issue. Whatever issue you have in your life right now, if you get a word from God, it will stop (coughs) the issue. You might still have to deal with the bandages and some of the effects of that issue, but he and his word can stop your issue. Here's what it says in Proverbs chapter number 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues. Can I just share something with you? Everybody in here has an issue. The Bible just proved it. Where do the issues come from? Your heart. And if you don't keep your heart with what, with all diligence, how do you keep it with all diligence in the word of God? The word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I need to put the word where the epicenter of my issues start in my heart, because if I don't put it in my heart, then I'm just going to have issues flowing out of me. In ways that I cannot contain exhibit a some of you all's Facebook postings. It's just, it's just, it's just, you're just a candidate for counseling. Like, that's all it's saying to me is that you need counseling. Like, it's just, you've put too much. And, and, and listen, nobody in your comment section is certified to counsel you out of that. There is no gift that can be put into your comment section that's going to make you feel better than putting God's word on it. You're going to be all right, boo. Stand tall. You gonna make it. Don't listen to the haters. Find me the book, chapter, and verse for don't listen to the haters. You need God's word for your issue, not motivational speaking. Uh, let, me, let, let, let me stretch past my marker. And say it's the reason why when I preach, I start in the book, narrate the book and end in the book, because this book has something better to say than my own advice or my wisdom. I will never use scripture as the backdrop to preach culture. The gospel swims against the current of culture, not with it. So if you've ever wondered, if you've been here for any stretch of time, how come he not dealing with this? And how come he ain't said nothing about that? It's because a word from God will help you calibrate all the craziness that's going on in this country to the point where you're like, "Uh oh, oh, so I shouldn't be triggered then. No, you shouldn't. You just don't have enough word. That's why you mad at a post. I'm gonna let that marinate for a minute. Some of y'all uncomfortable, and I'm gonna just let you feel it right here. You just need a word, a word that put, will, will put you in context to how crazy the whole world is, and you'll go. I know exactly why you're thinking that way. You need Jesus. It will stop your issues. I, I remember. Uh, Several years ago, being in um, uh, a situation where I needed a word from God, and I, you know, I made a covenant with my friend Preston that we would read the Bible more than we read any other book. So, so in the last decade, I've just read Genesis to Revelation over and over and over again. Not, not because I'm a preacher, just because I, I just want to read the Bible. And I was going through the book of Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel, <laughs> the book of Ezekiel can usher in a spirit of confusion if you're not careful, Because there's just a lot going on in there. There's a wheel in the middle of a wheel. There's like this four, there's like a square with four heads on it and one's an eagle and one's an ox and one's a man and one's something else. And then um, um, it's like it moves in one direction, but it don't turn. It's a lot going on in there that that you can literally walk out of Ezekiel and be like, "Mm, hmm, never again. mm." (laughs) Right? Did that once, we don't have to do that anymore. Where's Psalms? (laughs) Right? Like you just... (laughs) I'm going through Ezekiel. We were going through a transition in our life. And this random, obscure verse nestled in Ezekiel jumped out at me like a pop-up book. And it's the word that I stood on for a whole year as God healed my heart. Listen, I'm glad that you have a devotional and you read upmost to his highest and you have a little app and you do a verse. But I'm telling you this year, you're going to have to stretch in your capacity to digest God's word. There is too much coming at you from the outside for you to just rely on one chapter of Proverbs a day. You need to stretch your capacity to take in God's word. OK, it'll stop your issues. Point number three, please write this down. God's word will restart your life. Oh, It's such a good point. God's word will literally restart your life. Here's what it says in uh, Romans chapter number eight, verse number 11. The same spirit, spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. God's word will literally restart your life. Now, let me tell you what was amazing about uh, this narrative of uh, uh, Jairus's daughter and the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, They were both dealing with situations in their 12th year. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. The woman with the issue of blood had been dealing with her issue for 12 years. Think about this. The year Jairus' daughter was born is the year this woman started having an issue with her blood. The way that they had to deal with the last 12 years were different. One woman had to deal with her issue every single day. Another one's uh, issue came suddenly. The older woman needed to reach out and touch Jesus. The younger woman needed Jesus to touch her. You are in seasons in your life right now where you have to stretch to some capacity to actually touch and get what you need from God in this season. But other times you need God's word to touch you. And here's the thing. The girl didn't know she needed to be touched. She did not even know. Because she was dead. She wasn't going to feel anything anyway. Let me tell you something about God's word. As you read it, it will bring stuff back to life in you that you didn't think was ever going to wake up again. You've already eulogized it. You've already said it's never going to get up again. And God says, I'm going to wake that up. My own life, you all know my testimony. Sexually abused at the age of eight years old, exposed to pornography and hooked. By the time I was 19, haughty, promiscuous, low self-esteem, you name, put all the stuff that happens when you get traumatized. And I was the walking poster child for it. And on January 14th. I heard a word from God. I, 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 I'm not going to say that I'm the one that reached out and touched him. I didn't I was ready to go to the beach. I wasn't thinking about God that day. But his word reached out and touched me. And it woke some things up in me that I thought were going to be dead forever. And here I stand 23 years later as a testimony to what God's word can do. Let let, let me tell you where true transformation comes from. A relationship with God's word. The more of it that is in you, the more of it that you have to deal with the issues of your life. Here's my admonishment to you all this weekend. Stretch your capacity to engage with God's word. Wherever you are right now, I want you to go one step further. I read my Bible every day, two chapters, read three. Now, listen to the Bible on the way to work. I, I, I want you to read it. Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Great. I'm a slow reader. Read it slow. You can read it as slow as he walked to Jairus's house. He, he got you on pace. You ain't going to be fine. Everybody do this. Okay, do it again. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. One more time. Hey, listen, you not, you have, you, you're not stretching unless you feel it. Right? Some of you are, why read my Bible before I go to bed? No, you don't. That's your sleeping pill. <laughs> In the beginning, go. <sighs> I had the sweetest time in God's presence. He just, it was just such a, just felt like he put me at such a sweet rest in his word. Stand up and walk. I, I, I need you to stretch. You, 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 need to, you need to know more scriptures than Jeremiah 29 and 11. The Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation to those that are. I want you to dig a little deeper, stretch a little wider and find a word that anchors a part of you that you thought was not going to live any longer. I want you to stretch and find a word that hits on an issue that you didn't think could be stopped in your life. If you can commit to that. God will commit. To performing and being faithful to that word. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.